Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the many, many things you've blessed us with all throughout this day. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that, to understand it, apply it in the right way, build our faith and trust in you and in your word. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Receive a glorious body. We Christians shall receive a glorious body, a glorified body, a body without any flaws in it. And that's going to be wonderful. When you wake up in the morning, you feel those aches and pains, or when you lay down at night, feel those aches and pains, whatever it may be, that you can take comfort in knowing that there'll be a day when you won't have to worry about all those aches and pains because you're going to have a glorified body that ain't going to be going through that. The Lord tells us He's going to come back and get us. He's going to receive us to be with Him. And where He is, we'll be able to be with Him at any time, all the time. We'll be right there with the Lord, which is beyond what we can comprehend, beyond what we deserve, that's for sure. Let's look at some of those Scriptures that give us that confidence and knowing that He's He's told us that, He's promised that, and He's going to do it. If you will, look at John chapter 14. One of the most read ones concerning His return and coming back to get us in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In other words, don't worry. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. To be with the Lord, that where He is, we'll be able to be there also. Very simply put, He's going to allow us to be with Him. And we know that the one who spoke everything into existence, that has ultimate authority and power over everything, where he chooses to be is going to be a pretty beautiful place. And he gives us some more information about how he's going to receive us to be with him in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where we see the scriptures concerning the rapture or being caught up as it's translated. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, picking it up in verse 13. And this, of course, is a letter from Paul to the church at Thessalonica that was dealing with this issue and this question. As he puts it here in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. These sleep, he's talking about, those that are born-again Christians that have died physical death and which have no hope are those that are lost. They have no hope, because hope is that confident anticipation of the fulfillment of the promises and prophecies of God. When you're a born-again Christian, you have that. The lost don't have that. And the promises of Him allowing us to be with Him for eternity is one of those things that we take hope in and have confidence in. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, which is a requirement to become a born-again Christian, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This word prevent in the old 1611 English 
is also translated as proceed, before. You're not going to proceed before the others because the others will get their glorified bodies and be risen up first and then we'll be risen to be caught up to be with him. Read 15 again. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That key verse there, that we shall be with Him, is what this is focusing on in this sermon. As we read, excuse me, as we read verse 17 again, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Once we're united with Him, never to be separated from Him ever again. And that's awesome. To know that we're going to be able to be with the Creator for eternity. To be with Him. And to have that glorified body. Over in Philippians in Philippians chapter 1. In verse 21, we'll turn over there, some more teaching from Paul concerning this in the letter to the church at Philippi. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, him talking about his condition, his situation, he is a born-again Christian, and this applies to all born-again Christians. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. See, when we become born-again Christians, we've got to know that He's keeping us here for a purpose. It's for Christ. It's for the work of the Lord. We need to find out what the work of the Lord is that He wants us to be a part of and get to work doing it. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. All Christians should really comprehend that. Death for a Christian is a promotion. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor... Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. Acknowledging that he would like to just go ahead and go on up and be with the Lord. But he knows that there's a work to do. And that is his labor to do. And that's what we all have to do is bear the fruit of the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. Share the gospel. Because that's the great commission. Verse 23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Christ, which is far better. See, he would prefer to just go on and be with the Lord. Now, I've spoke with people that have been suffering from various physical ailments, right up to the point of their death. And they were eager, like, Lord, take me on now. I'm ready to go. Because they felt like there was nothing else that they could do in their physical condition to serve the Lord, so they were ready to go on home. And I've seen others that are eager to serve the Lord right up to that moment when they are called to be with the Lord. So we got to look at every situation they're in, even in those moments of suffering. Where is there an opportunity to bring honor and glory to the Lord? Where is there an opportunity to do a work for the Lord in thy situation? And then seek to do that. 
For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's acknowledging that his physical existence in that time doing the work was needful for others. Which when you also think about it, he understood and knew that through the works that he was doing, others were benefiting and himself was also benefiting because it was building rewards that he'll be able to enjoy for eternity. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. To know that you are still here for the benefit of someone else. Many times you have this situation in a family setting where you have a husband or wife who is hanging on because they are tending to or looking after their spouse or child or someone else or their particular job or task and they feel like that when that is no longer needed, then they're ready to go. And you see this happening. You have a husband and wife and the husband or the wife was taking care of the other and then the one that were being taken care of dies and then shortly thereafter the other one dies. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I hear he's throwing in that you all need to be doing what you know you should be doing, whether I'm there or not. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of prediction, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. He reminds us and points out in here, through His own suffering, He realized that there are going to be sufferings as a Christian. The Lord told us this in the Gospels, that you're going to be suffering. There isn't going to always be wondrous, glorious, joyful, good feelings and good weather and a good situation you're in, no. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be painful. Sometimes it's going to be suffering. Verse 30, having the same conflict which ye saw in me and now here to be in me. Say, you know what I'm going through. I'm going through some sufferings. So don't be surprised if you're going to be going through some sufferings as well while we're in this physical existence because through your sufferings you are able to reach people that you may not have been able to reach if you were not in such a situation whether it be under conviction or under arrest or in a hospital or whatever you're exposed to different people just like Paul was through his arrest he was able to reach people even the household of Caesar and many of them became born-again Christians who he would not have been able to reach if he had not been arrested and suffered the persecution that he had suffered. So we've got to look at every situation that we find ourselves in, good or bad, find the, the area of opportunities that the Lord has opened up to us to be able to serve Him in whatever way it comes our way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
emphasizing here what we will be like, what we will have, the kind of a body, the glorious body that he talks about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, picking it up in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. This corruption can be looked at two different ways. It means something that will corrode, decay, and wither away, and also something that would become fouled, whether by behavior such as sin. will be in a sinless body that will not rot, will not decay, will not wither away, will not fail. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now this sleep he's speaking of is being dead in Christ, is being a born-again Christian that has passed away. You're not all going to stay that way. But we shall be changed. We're going to be transformed. The Lord gave them a simple little sample of this. Well, maybe not so simple, but a spectacular sample of this on the Mount of Transfiguration when He appeared before those and showed them a glorified appearance. Verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that's faster than a blink of an eye. That's how fast that we're going to be converted, transformed into something different. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. In other words, we're going to be eternal, immortal, live forever. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over death through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always, not just when it's easy, not just when it's pleasant, not just when it's comfortable, but always working. Because it's not in vain, it's not worthless. It's going to matter, it's going to count. We've got to really wonder what kind of rewards He has in store for us. He gives us little bits and pieces, little clues, but we know that we can achieve higher and higher levels of rewards because He speaks of the positions that some will have in the millennial period as well as the internal state, various positions. So those will be granted to those who have earned that. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see here a reference to our, us being a tabernacle, a dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we are a house, we are a tabernacle, a temple, a place where the Lord is living when He comes into us in the form of the Holy Ghost when we receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. He refers to that here, and He also refers to our physical existence, earthly, being of this planet, of this earth, of this substance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 
that glorified body. For in this we groan, and we know there's a lot of groaning. Moaning and groaning when you have those aches and pains, when you have those desires like Paul, to, well, let's just go on and go on home. I'm ready for that glorified body. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Looking forward, wanting that glorified body. Verse 3, If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. It isn't that we don't want to exist. We want to exist with a glorified body. Now he that hath wrought us or worked us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. That's just the down payment. It's earnest, the down payment. Just part of the rewards that we're going to have is the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we are always confident Are you confident? You should be. Confidence. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. We have that desire, but we know that we have a work to do. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. See, that's part of the key there. We want to do things to please the Lord. We want to do things that are His will, not our will. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. This is where we see the judgment. This is where we see the different levels of punishment or rewards. Because it says, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Are you a born-again Christian that is doing or have done something bad? If so, then you're going to be held accountable for it because you haven't got it taken care of by asking forgiveness and then leaving and departing such behavior. You can't Go out and do something sinful just because you know you can come back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness for it. Because if you do that over and over, then it's clear that you're not a Christian anyway. Now, if you stumble, if you get weak and you fall and you mess up, and you take it back and you ask forgiveness for it, and it's washed away as far as the east is from the west. But as we were reading earlier in the small epistle of John, if you're just a continuous sinner, then you're not a Christian anyway. But we're going to be judged, all of us, good or bad. We're going to have our rewards burned up because we became a disobedient child and the wrath of God come upon us. Or are we going to have a full reward because we were obedient through our entire life and kept it prayed up and didn't mess up and lose our rewards? It's a lot to think about. Verse 10 again, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is speaking of the Christians. The judgment seat of Christ is only for the born-again believers that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. 
Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Revealed. Their behaviors are behaviors. Got to be aware. Be fearful of judgment. Means acknowledge it. Know it's coming. Be ready for it. So you can not be cowering in fear when it occurs. Alright, now if you will turn to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 where we see these words. For our conversation is in heaven. That means our communication, our connection, our relationship. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. He is in control of everything. Therefore, He has the power and authority and ability to give us a glorified body. This is the verse which gives us that term, a glorified body, a glorious body, glorified. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be without pain. It's going to be without the suffering of of this physical world that we are aware of and know of and have experienced. And over in the small epistle of John in 1 John chapter 3, In 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. That's awesome that we are able to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ, as it speaks of in the book of Romans, that we have been adopted into the family, where we can call the Heavenly Father, Daddy or Papa, in the form of Abba. That has been available to us. That has opened up to us. And we have accepted that and become adopted into the family. And it's awesome that He has allowed us to be a part of the family. And also, verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Sons and daughters, of course. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Like we cannot see an example of a glorified body. There's no one around that has that that we could look at and say, that's the kind of body I want. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is, allowing us to be like Him. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself even as He is pure. See, we see the example of His life. He gave us the example of a sinless life. He gives us the opportunity of forgiveness. He tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Just like it says back over in chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have that available to us. And then in chapter 2, where it reads that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So we have an advocate pleading our case. So when we mess up, when we trip up, we get back to Him, we ask for forgiveness, He gives us that forgiveness. Because He loves us. He cares for us. He's going to give us that glorified body that is like Him and be like Him and be with Him for eternity. It's so awesome. And it's beyond what we deserve, that's for sure. We can live a thousand lifetimes over and be as obedient as possible and still not deserve salvation itself, forgiveness itself. Can't do it. But on top of that, He piles us even more rewards. 
and gives us different ranks and different positions during the millennial period and during that thousand years to rule and reign with Jesus Christ with another thousand years to build up even more rewards that will roll over into the eternal state. It's so awesome what he has in store for us. And it is truly by grace. Sure isn't because we earned it. It's by his love, his unmerited favor that he has poured upon us to promise us that, that we will have that. It's so awesome. In Revelation chapter 21, some of my favorite verses here, where it reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He's not only going to give us a new body, He's going to give us a new planet. A new heaven and a new earth. Don't fall into the false teaching of a remodeled earth. It isn't that He's going to scorch the surface and redo this one. He is going to scorch the surface terribly. He's going to really mess things up bad during the tribulation time, but He's going to restore this back to its perfection for that thousand years, ruling and reigning, but at the end of that, He's going to destroy it completely, melt even the elements that it's consisted of, and have a new heaven and a new earth. As He clearly says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, not a remodeled one, but a new one. How big is it going to be? Some say, well, look at all the billions of people that are are going to be on the planet because of all the many that have been saved through the centuries. Well, it may be a thousand times bigger than this one we got now. So he's going to make it nice. He's going to make it big enough. Some think that we're just going to go into the to New Jerusalem, the wondrous holy city of New Jerusalem, 1,500 miles square, 1,500 miles high. They think we're all going to go in that, and that's where we're going to spend eternity. It doesn't say that's where we're going to spend eternity. It has 12 gates. It speaks of the kingdoms outside of those gates that come into New Jerusalem to worship the Lord. Therefore, there are kingdoms outside of New Jerusalem. Those kingdoms are going to have governmental systems. They're going to have leaders, guides. They're going to have civilization outside of New Jerusalem that will come into the holy city to worship God. That's what we have to look forward to in the new heaven, new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And this wondrous, beautiful earth that's going to have all the creatures created new again in their perfection that we'll be able to interact with and not be afraid of because there'll be no devouring and chewing up of each other like it is now. Verse 20, excuse me, chapter 21, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God, right there in the presence of the heavenly Father. It reads, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, never again to be separated from that glorious body or to be separated from the Lord. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely." 
We merely need to ask for it. He gives it to us. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. How you become an overcomer? By trusting in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The sons and daughters, of course. And it is awesome that he has this in store for us. As you go on reading in 21 and 22, you see some descriptions of the beautiful city and how you're not going to have to worry day or night. It's going to be lit up by the power of Jesus Christ and the light of Jesus Christ. So 24 hours a day, you'll be able to go in there. And then people say, well, 24 hours, why is there going to be 24 hours? There's going to be no time in the future. Nope, doesn't say there's not going to be time in the future. Because there's going to be a new sun, there's going to be a new moon, and there's going to be all new creation. So therefore, there is going to be a clock, there is going to be a cycle, there is going to be all brand new. People have this distorted image of what heaven is like or what eternity is like, but they just got bits and pieces, and then they don't fill in the whole picture. Do your studies, you'll find out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's so awesome what the Lord has promised us. And it is beyond our ability to be able to even understand it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Through the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the men were able to write down things, little clues, bits and pieces for us to be able to get just a glimpse into what the future is going to be like. And it is going to be wonderful, way beyond what we could imagine. And that glorified body is something we all really look forward to, groaning and desiring to have that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for the many things You have promised us. We really, really thank You for the things You've already done for us and look forward to the many things in the future. Help all of us be eager to do the work You have available for us to do while we are here and able to do it. Thank You once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.